0: I've got man flu. Yeah, that's, so it's not good. It's not good. I'm I'm waiting for the inevitable first cold of the winter.
1: Yeah, we were supposed to be. Um, well, we were planning on spending the winter in Australia again because we did that a couple of years ago, and we went to Perth, and it was bloody marvellous. Yeah, I can imagine um but i'm committed to something in uh in america in february and it just kind of gets right in the middle of when we would have been there yeah so unless i do that whole stupid round the world thing just to go to you know something in america it's
0: just just to be somewhere warm for a few months
1: that's that's
0: crazy
1: well i know but you can't beat it really (laughs) Honestly, we did it a few couple of years ago, and it was the best thing I've done for ages. Because I don't know about you, but it gets about this time of year, and I start to kind of miss the sunlight a bit. I mean, no, in North Wales, we don't, you know, the cloud cover any, comes anybody.
0: over. I've I've, oh, I've been know.
1: to Wales before. It's I,
0: I think I missed the two days of the year where it's where it's genuinely nice, and uh, it's it's not too different from here. Actually, it's it's generally cold and cold
1: and rainy. I don't know. I mean, sometimes I wonder why we ended up in these remote parts, because you'd think, you know, thousands of years ago when humans were sort of, you know, spreading themselves up from the Middle East or somewhere, um, they'd probably get to somewhere, I don't know, midway through France, and it gets a bit chillier, and they go, bugger this. You know, we're heading south again.
0: Yeah, you'd, you'd think that. Well, I, I, I guess people uh, people like all sorts. There's people live even further north than than Yorkshire and that's that blows my mind it's even colder there
1: people in Brighton don't know that there is anything north of Yorkshire
0: (laughs) I'd say I went down to the responsive day out in uh was it March time it was earlier in the year and it was bloody freezing down there I'd I'd left Huddersfield it was a really nice day and uh I I got down there and I wish I'd bought an extra jumper that's that's how shocking it, it was down there for me I, d- I did see two uh, two drunk homeless men fighting at 7 in the morning when I headed back from uh, from Responsive Day Out. That was that was an interesting one. One of them was in a wheelchair. It was uh, it was an unusual fight, that. That's that's my that's my one experience of Brighton to date. So the the, confer- the conference was fun. Heading back in in the early hours was uh, was something entirely different.
1: What were they fighting about? I
0: you know, when you think, I'll just move on. I won't, I, I won't cross the street to have a closer look. I'll, I'll keep my head down and, and let's not, let's not get too involved in that one. So I'm not really sure, but they, they were, they were clearly pretty crazy and, and they'd, they'd had a long, a long night or at least an early start. I don't know. Very, uh, very freaky indeed.
1: Yeah. It's been a kind of a, an odd week for, for conferences really, because I found out that, um, the, the Jeffrey and uh, and the people at Event Apart they published the schedule for um, for the shows next year for the first three, and uh, I'm doing one of them in Atlanta. That's why I can't go to Australia is because I'd already said that I would. Uh, I didn't know which dates they were going to pick me for, but I'd basically just sort of said yes, and it turns out it's the Atlanta one. Anyway, so the schedule goes live this week, and they've got me on last. They've got me bloody closing the show. Which has got to be the is most... this,
0: this the biggest uh, the biggest speaking engagement of your of your life then?
1: Um, not in terms of audience numbers, no. Um, because I, yeah, I've done bigger crowds, but in terms of the the responsibility of it, because you know normally how that particular conference works is that because it's over two days, so Zeldman does the first session on the first day. And then Eric Meyer often does the, the, the first one on the second day. And then it all kind of ramps up to a big closer. So Jeffrey Veen, who's now at Adobe, but he was type kit guy. Yeah. Um, he's an incredible speaker. It's probably the best in the world. I would, one of the best in the world, at least. Um, so he, he's a heavy hitter at the end. Um, Jared Spall, who I don't know whether you've seen Jared. I haven't seen him.
0: I, I know of him, but I, I haven't seen him speaking there.
1: Ah, uh, and he's, he is a born performer, that guy. I mean, his sense of comic timing is incredible. Um, so yeah, they, they get, they get these incredible kind of closes and this, <laughs> it's me and I'm <laughs> like. Oh, and also I'd planned a talk because they'd like to, uh, they'd like to know the talks quite a long way in advance. Yeah. Um, which is good actually because it, it stops people from, um, overlapping too much. That's the idea. Yeah. So anyway, so it turns out that, um, there are a couple of talks. Um, I think Jason Santamaria is talking about something which is pretty close to mine and. Samantha Warren, have you heard of her? She's the style tiles lady. Uh,
0: no, the name doesn't ring a bell, actually.
1: Yeah, she's been writing about kind of breaking down uh, design into these little kind of tiles, if you like, and using them for having conversations with clients rather than you know showing them a great big finished comp, that that kind of thing.
0: I, I feel a bit like a, a like like the John Lewis bear coming out of out of kind of design hibernation at the moment. To be honest, I've I've been working on. Um, working on a big project for about the last 18 months and, and I've kind of come out of this, this big project that was, uh, it it was a very fixed set of deliverables and and we weren't the only company doing it. So we we were given some visuals and it's kind of build this and do that. And, and ours was a a development role primarily. So all, all of these design things I've, I've been trying desperately to keep up with, with uh, the latest way of, of doing stuff. And then it's sort of, Shit, I'm, I'm quite behind with what everyone else is doing. I need to catch up again. And uh, that's the the perpetual struggle of of staying up to date, I guess. But, uh,
1: no, I think everybody suffers from that to be honest. I mean, I seem to remember, I mean, it probably wasn't like this at all, but there wasn't that many people that were out there, you know, talking about CSS, you know, when I was learning about CSS. Mm. So it was quite easy to follow. Um, and we did, we didn't have, Twitter to keep firing these things at us all day long. I think that makes a difference. You know, when we, when it was just RSS and you could choose who you're going to subscribe to, it does make a big difference. I
0: must admit, I, I was kind of pondering this a while ago. With, uh, well, I guess we'll come on to it if we if we talk a bit about freelance. I mean, when when I was last kind of freelance was was before I was really on Twitter. So the the world has changed quite. Quite a bit, really, um but yeah, I think um there are so many clever people out there that that are just coming straight into my brain at the moment with with all these theories and and ways of doing stuff and it's it is bloody hard to catch up, but on the plus side, I think we're all making it up as we go along right that's that's the nice thing there's there's no uh there's there's no predefined way of of doing anything and uh, let's let's all keep experimenting and and maybe someone's gonna gonna find this this magical answer to to how we actually do stuff.
1: No, I think that's right. I mean, sometimes you, you, you try to think of some kind of grand concept. (laughs) It's like, yes, I must, I must sit there. I'm thinking about this with the talk that I've got to give. Um, because, you know, so many amazing things have come out of an event apart. You know, the whole responsive design thing.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: That's where, that's where that got talked about first. So, there is a bit of pressure. I mean, maybe you put it on yourself. Maybe i put it on myself. I don't know, to try to compete with that kind of thing and think, well, if I just give a talk about code or process, then, you know, that's not going to be as good.
0: You're doomed from the off as well. There's, there's always someone smarter than you out there. That's, that's the problem wow. these days. And in, in my case, there's, there's lots of people out there smarter than me. It's why I avoid kind of writing about that sort of stuff or, or talking about that kind of stuff anymore. It's, uh, It's a one-way road to to complete ruin.
1: (laughs) Well, this is what I was talking about the other day, actually, because, uh, you know, we were sitting in the office talking about, you know, what I might do. And, you know, to be honest, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer when it comes to, you know, CSS anymore. There's loads of people out there that, you know, no more than me do, you know, do better stuff. Um, there are people out there that have got, you know, obviously a lot more time. Um, then, you know, maybe I have, you know, they're writing stuff. I mean, Brad Frost as an example, you know, it just keeps coming out with these amazing, amazing things. You know, I think to myself, God, bloody hell, it used to be lovely when I had the time to do that. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not, I don't have anything particularly, you know, groundbreaking to talk about, but then we, we, we sat there and we thought, well, do you know what you have got? You know, you've got 16 years worth of, experience making people happy every day hopefully yeah you know designing and you know and that's something that you know not everybody has so that's i've been doing a lot more talking about that recently um and i'm going to carry on not for an event apart but i'm going to carry on talking about that kind of stuff too
0: i very much enjoyed um Cameron mole's closing talk at, at hybrid conference this year that was uh that was that was a very nice one it was it was kind of his his journey to where he is at the moment and you know the the work he does through the water water charity through authentic jobs and and stuff like that and it's he he could talk about he could talk about his incredible design skills and and his his typography posters and and stuff like that till the cows come home he's he's a he's a very nice guy actually and um yeah he he kind of not fell back on but you know talked talked about his his personal experiences and and so on i don't know if, have you seen the videos for the talks yet for that one
1: no i haven't i mean i know cameron and i don't see enough of him uh to be honest it's been it's been a good few years since since we've been together um but he is he's a he's a lovely fellow and he's a he's a true inspiration the guy
0: he is it, it was it was one of the nice things about sort of doing doing the talk and, and throwing myself in at, at the deep end at hybrid and uh You know, kind of actually ended up sat next to him at the speaker's dinner the night before and, and, uh, he, he genuinely is one of the few people I I would consider a a design idol of, of sorts. You know, someone I genuinely did look up to in my, in my formative years as, as a designer kind of thing. And, uh, there, there I am suddenly sat at a table with him having, having dinner and, and listening to, to how he's built, you know, built his, his kind of niche on on the web with authentic jobs and you know his, his posters and stuff like that and it's yeah it was really great
1: and you know you couldn't meet a nicer a nicer fella
0: no you um, really couldn't actually it's uh he's he's scarily nice
1: and, and that's what gets easy. me sometimes about about some you know occasionally anyway some of this kind of whole um celebrity nonsense you know we all we all look up to you know people in in, in different walks of life um but, you know, you sit next to somebody, you know, in the pub or whatever, and, you know, no, nobody's, nobody's above anybody else or thinks they're above anybody else. Um, does get my goat a little bit sometimes.
0: I can imagine you're a pretty easy target for, uh, for that. I'm, I'm, I've been fairly vocal about people in the past and, uh, yeah, I've, I've learned my lesson a bit. I learnt my
1: lesson a bit on that front. And yeah, you're right. It's... I've been my own worst enemy, to be honest, sometimes. Um, because you know it's all very easy to be sort of you know snarky on Twitter and you know and a little bit kind of Jack the lad in a way and uh, you know people people take people take an impression and you know I, I, I don't I don't think I didn't deserve is that even a sentence I think I probably deserved <laughs> you know some some of the flack, to be honest but uh, yeah I mean it's just that's one of the nice things. I think I think that conferences are. Um, Particularly kind of local community ones, smaller scale things. Um, I think that they're just a lovely opportunity for, for people to get together because I did, I did a workshop. I was over in, um, Manchester this week, mm. um, testing out this workshop material. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a new CSS workshop and I thought, well, to practice it, I'll donate a day to the students at Manchester Met University. Yeah. So I basically did a day for them, uh, teaching Flexbox and, you know, a lot of these new kind of CSS3 layout tools, which are, you know, I've only just learned them. You know, I've not, I'm, it's not like I'm using them every day. I'm not kind of some expert in these things. It's, you know, I struggle to find a way of explaining them so I could, you know, understand them so I could explain them to somebody else. And, you know, these kids, I call them kids really, and students in the room. <laughs> My son's age, you know, 21, 22-year-olds. Students these days are, are terrifyingly young. <laughs> I, I feel painfully, painfully old.
0: I, I, I did a, I did a talk with, with my business partner, Pete, down at Huddersfield Uni at the start of the year. He, he signed me up to, to kind of, right, you need to do this public speaking thing. I've signed us up. We're going to go down and do a, a, a two-hour workshop on responsive design and, and some JavaScript stuff. And it's tomorrow. Ah, right, you know, okay. And, uh, yeah, scarily, scarily young. And uh, it suddenly seems like a long time since I was at uni. (laughs)
1: It's it's (laughs) not as long as it bloody well was since I was. (laughs) But there's 25 25 students. I mean, there's kind of a mix of different courses that they're on. And there's there's some really, really smart people in the room. Mm. Um, And the questions that they're asking me, I mean, you know, questions like, oh, can you do that with this? You know, once you transform something, can you rotate it and all, And I'm thinking, well, I didn't think of that, you know, and I don't know what the answer is to that. So Leo, you know, let's sit down and actually play with some code and find out whether or not it works. Um, and I was showing them a few kind of sneaky peeks of the redesign that I'm working on. And one particular guy's like going, Oh, you could use a CSS filter for that. And I'm going, I never thought of that. <laughs> so. You know, I suppose, I mean, I not about you, but you know, I work on my own most of the time. Um, it's been different this year because we've had a designer, Sue, that works with us now. Yeah. Um, but for a very long time, it was just, you know, me in a darkened room and you, you, I miss that energy. You know, I miss that kind of bouncing ideas off people sometimes. So it's really good to get out and do these things.
0: It is. Yeah. It's nice. Uh, yeah. It's nice just to, to have some company from time to time. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is hard working on your own. That's for sure.
1: Well, I was practicing this uh, CSS workshop that I'm going to give down at Handheld Conference in Cardiff in last oh, couple of weeks. Actually,
0: mm.
1: are you going down for that?
0: Uh, I'm not. I'm I'm about conferenced out for the year. I think I've uh, I've I've done a couple and and spoken at a couple of meetups and stuff, and uh, I'm I'm not really sure where where I'm heading now. <laughs>
1: well this is talking about just doing smaller kind of local community events (laughs) this is like it's going to be the biggest audience ever i think it's at the wales millennium center which is like the biggest stage in wales Mm. um craig the organizer's got some crazy stuff lined up i mean i'm not going to say because i don't think that i think they're just surprises but you know there could well be a choir.
0: <laughs> just, just maybe you know. in Wales. There, there might you know, be a choir.
1: Yeah, well, there's always, well, you can't, you can't step out the front door without there being a choir somewhere. I assume they know? just followed you around for the most part. Oh man, it's so annoying. All that close harmony singing. <laughs> but, like, but yeah, this is, this is at this massive stage and Craig's brilliant actually because he booked this huge venue and sold, sold out pretty quickly. Um, but still had something like 400 available seats in the in the auditorium yeah so he basically gave them away to students like free student passes
0: oh i did see yeah i did see his see his blog posts about that i think
1: which is yeah just really really good
0: i thought that was great yeah that's a really good way of uh of doing it
1: so there could be about 1200 people in the room
0: <laughs> oh, that's scary
1: I don't know. Do you think it makes a difference whether there's like you know twelve or twelve hundred?
0: I think if there's twelve hundred people there, and and I and I gave it some thought, I probably would would brown my pants slightly. I must admit, that's that's a big number.
1: It's it's a scary number. That I haven't read it yet, but I saw a tweet that Mark Bolton has just written a blog post about speaking and being in an audience. I put a link in the show notes about that. I
0: read it earlier, actually. Yeah, I, I thought I'd have a quick read. Brad Frost did a good one the other week as well. Similar kind of, similar very practical tips. And I, I, I must admit, when I did, um, I did the last talk at Digital Barn. It was, it, it's simple stuff as well. You know, like close, close down all your other apps because you don't want, you don't want those Viagra, Viagra messages that, that come into your spam box to start appearing over your presentation and and so on on a massive scale.
1: Yeah. Turn yeah. notification center off, definitely.
0: Yeah, little things like that. So see, he did a similar one a few weeks back, which was uh, which was also very good. But yeah, very. Um, it, it, the tricky thing with speaking is is that you've just got to get on to get onto that stage or 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 onto the wherever, wherever you know, and, and actually just do it the first time. It's, it's, there's no way to to get past having to do it for the first time. You can practice all you want, but it's uh, it's bloody scary doing it. But it's it's certainly a
1: lot less scary the second time. So you wrote a blog post. I read confidence speaking and self improvement. Mm. What made you want to What made you want to start down this road at all?
0: Um, it's something I'd never done before, basically, and I I just thought, do you know what, it it seems silly not at least not at least giving it a go and um zach was kind enough to email me at the start of the year asking if i wanted to talk at hybrid conference and i just thought i i would never kind of submit a talk proposal to something like that but you know he he was kind enough to to show a bit of faith in me and and support me saying you know i'm sure you'll be fine and and so on and so on and i just thought right let's let's do this let's have a go at it what's What's the worst that can happen?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it reminded me actually seeing you do that because way, way back in 2005, it was, um, there was a guy called Patrick Griffiths. He's not in the industry anymore. He went off to do filmmaking, I think, mm. but he was the guy that organized the app media conferences back in the day. You know, he did, he did half a dozen of them for a few years. Yeah. Um, and nobody had put on a conference before. So and there, there weren't many, um experienced speakers that you could kind of call on so i think he invited joe clark and jeffrey selman was there and doug bowman yeah. um was was there um but the rest of us were all green and he and he did exactly the same thing you know he showed a lot of faith in you know me and jeremy i suppose and, and a bunch of others um and that's what kind of gets you started really
0: yeah it's it it's a funny one. I mean, it, it's uh, confidence wise. I, I was always sort of fairly happy as a freelancer, you know, going into a new agency or, or, you know, a, a new kind of work environment, just um, picking up with, with an existing team or doing a presentation in front of, in front of stakeholders for, for design and that. But I mean, uh, I, I kind of lost, lost that over the year, over the last few years really, because i I've, I've i've kind of moved into this slightly different role and and we we do a lot as as a team or we work remotely with you know with clients from from outside the uk and stuff like that and and actually you know standing up and in front of a group of people and, and talking is is an art and it's a skill there's no two ways about it and uh i just thought it's it's a skill i very much don't have and i still don't by any stretch i've i've only done four four little talks now and uh I'm probably going to start doing, doing a few more next year again, just, just to, just to get into it a bit, really, because it's pretty, it it is pretty good fun as well. It's, it's challenging and it's, it's teaching me stuff that I don't know. So that's kind of, that's the stuff I'm learning at the moment rather than, rather than spending my time looking at, looking at new CSS rules and that I'm, I'm kind of teaching myself different skills that, that are going to be helpful, helpful for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just challenging, challenging the fear.
1: I don't think there's anything like it really, because I really believe that it's part of our job, you know, whatever, we, whether we, you know, we're designing or developing or something, you know, we're making something for somebody. Yeah. And I suppose it's, you know, it's, just, it's the same thing in, in, in different areas as well. You know, if you're an architect or something, I don't know, but with a lot of the creative stuff that, that we do, you know, somebody comes up. we've been working on a project for a clothing, a new clothing brand over the last few weeks, and, you know, we were coming up with a whole new brand, basically. Yeah. And, you know, the client has some ideas, you know, you go through that kind of discovery process, um, and you try to, you, you, you think about what they like and what they don't like. And, you know, there's lots of, you know, lots of, um, experimentation at the beginning, you know, just what you kind of test in the water, but, a lot of it is like, you know, you're just kind of pushing, just like you're just pushing a little bit just to see what resistance you get. And, you know, if you get a lot of resistance and you think, OK, well, I'm not going to go down that road again now. And once you get to a point where, you know, we got kind of like a week into this new branding work and we could see it um, in our heads. You know, we kind of knew where we wanted this thing to go um, and we think we know we think we knew what was right for this particular job. You know, we hadn't implemented it properly. You know, it was it was still very sketchy. Mm. But you know, we could see the idea. And then the most important thing, really, um, you know, in order because we only had two weeks on this project, the most important thing to do at that point was to sell the idea.
0: Well, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's that's the big uh, that's the big clincher, isn't it? Being able to actually sell your sell your thoughts and your process. Yeah,
1: so much of you know, what we do is about being confident and telling a story. You know, the client, this particular client loves that that kind of thing. I mean, lovely people to work with. But, you know, once they can all kind of understand the narrative and they can see how everything fits into everything that they're going to do, then all of a sudden it clicks. You know, it makes sense. um yeah you wouldn't sell something, obviously, that you didn't believe in. And you wouldn't stand up and do a conference talk about, you know, Load of crap. Hopefully, well, maybe maybe I have done. But and speaking, I think you know I don't. Whether it's you know in front of people at work or you know on whatever size stage, I think it just does you an amazing amount of good. Because some people, you know, we hide behind our tools sometimes. We hide behind our work sometimes, thinking, you know, well, okay, all I ever want to do is you know work in Photoshop. Mm. And you know, it's not as easy as that, is it? Really.
0: Well, it, it, it's not. And I, yeah, I guess that's one of the reasons I kind of wanted to do it really was, it, I mean, it, not notwithstanding, it, it was it was a great experience. And I, I I did another talk at the second Wednesday up in Nottingham. And it, it was, you know, my my fledgling experience is doing that first talk and preparing for it. And, and the fact that, you know, like, like most people, you'd, you'd rather jump out of an aeroplane without a parachute than appear on stage or of that is it Seinfeld where he says, you know, most people would rather be in the coffin than, than deliver the eulogy sort of thing. And it, it, it's that kind of, it's that kind of thing. And it's getting over that, that horrifying, uh, uh just, uh, just terrifying, just terrifying. But it's, um, it, it's becoming less so and the prospect of it's becoming, becoming less scary. But I mean, it, it's the social side of, of doing a talk is, is brilliant as well because People are quite happy to come up to you afterwards and and they'll start telling you about their I mean, my, my talk um is is about our knives business and you know, I've had loads of people come up to me afterwards and sort of say, Oh, we've we've thought about selling a physical product and so on and so on or we we do this or um a guy was telling me that he mm. him and a business partner sell model train parts online. He's a web designer. He he does all this sort of similar stuff to us, and uh, a completely unrelated business, really. But it's it's using some of the skills from the day job to to have this other this other sort of line that's that's bringing in some money and and generating something to talk about. And it's it's interesting.
1: It's it's a nice diversion. Yeah. No, I was I was up in Scarborough, up your way. Hmm. Um. A few weeks ago with uh, with a conference there and naomi atkinson was talking about uh you know setting up her project sort of for her you know designer store that she's setting up yes yeah um and you know i, I like that i like the fact that people are kind of out there doing stuff and then bring it bringing it back into into talk so you know it's not all just about code
0: but... no and, and and like we said earlier i mean i i'm i'm in no position to talk about code to be honest these days and, and likewise design really i'm not the world's strongest designer I'm, I'm certainly not the world's strongest coder so you know why why would i want to put myself on a stage and talk about two things i'm not i'm not strong on and and would probably just bore the pants off people in the audience and uh it, it would do more harm than good you know so i think you gotta you gotta have a story or, or something something to tell that's personal it's it's easy to be kind of an expert on, on your own story, isn't it? Rather than uh, rather than having to talk about code or or something.
1: What like was that. really nice about the Scarborough one was that Harry Roberts was up there talking about typography. Mm. And you know, that's not something that you'd expect him to talk about. Um anyway you know, he's very passionate about it and he tells a really good story about it. Um so that that was actually really interesting, you know, seeing seeing somebody just kind of outside of their normal, you know, normal area of activity.
0: Well, it's interesting seeing Harry talking anyway. I mean, he, he wasn't really, he wasn't talking particularly, what, about two years ago, I guess? No, he's very new, I think. I think, I think he, he spoke at Digital Barn the year before last, and that was, that was kind of the first, the first talk. Obviously, his, his blog's incredibly popular, but, you know, again, he's, he's kind of put himself up on the stage, and, and that's a nice new kind of career direction as well, you know, he's doing his workshops and, and so on, and,
1: Good. I was really happy to see him actually stand up on stage and not fall off it. To be honest, because <laughs> he did have that whole kind of burnout thing, didn't he? Yeah, I'm not surprised. He's he's got a lot on the go. You wanted to you you mentioned to me about talking about
0: burnout. I, yeah, it it just scares me that I see kind of so many young young designers and, and developers. I, I don't know whether whether people are sort of feeling the pressure to to constantly produce stuff or or stand out from a crowd or or what i I don't really know but i don't remember doing some of the crazy hours that that people seem to be doing now on on all these side projects
1: and and stuff it's it's a funny one i don't know i think i think it's probably a, a young person's game to be honest um you know i find it harder and harder and harder to you know, to find the time. And it would be, you know, a few years ago, 10 years ago, really, you know, when I started writing, you know, I'd be up till three o'clock in the morning, you know, on no, a regular basis.
0: Yeah. I guess as well, there's, there's, people are very, um, very open on Twitter about, mm. about more than just sort of, I'm having this, this trouble with my SAS files, not compiling. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble sleeping and, and such and such. And,
1: I think there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of using some of this as a badge of honor occasionally. And I think that, you know, I've never really worked inside any kind of startup culture. You know, I've never really worked on projects where, you know, we really did have to do 48 hour stretches. Yeah. Um. But, you know, oh man, I'm so busy that, you know, I haven't been to bed for two days. It's like, well, you know, there's actually not a lot of, not a lot to shout about in that really.
0: It's not. I, I've, I fear that they haven't got enough staff or they're managing their products, uh, projects badly if, if that's the case on a regular basis. I mean, we've, we've all worked long hours on, on a, on an urgent deadline from time to time, but it's, it's when it becomes the norm that it's not a good thing. It's really not.
1: I think that you're right though. People sometimes do put themselves under pressure. I mean, yeah, you know, working long hours because the boss is like, you know, leaning over your shoulder, getting stuff done. Well, you know, you either do it or you don't, um but I think there is this feeling of pressure that people have that you think, do you know what I haven't blogged this week, you know, I haven't written a blog post this week about anything interesting, and you think oh, should I should you know and you think to yourself, you know God are people gonna forget what I do for a living um yeah. Yeah. there is this there is this kind of cycle there's this pressure, and I suppose it goes back to what we were saying right at the beginning about keeping up with things. You know, in the end, I just thought to myself, do you know what? You're never going to keep up with all this stuff. You know, there's no point in putting yourself under any more pressure than you've got <laughs> to make a living. Um, and I just kind of go with it. And once I, once I thought about, oh, do you know what? I don't have to read every CSS article that's published.
0: Are you, you're in, are you in the second wave then, the, the second wave of adopters of, of tech in terms of uh of of css and things like that it's you know we we'll we'll stick with what's battle tested first and and then if i've got time i'll have a look at these these new techniques for making buttons and and then maybe they'll get into production in in a year's time and we'll let someone else we'll let someone else deploy them first on a live site and see see how that all
1: pans out i've always been Pretty much the opposite, though, because I've always really wanted to do, and I've made, you know, made a living out of writing books about doing all the latest stuff mm. um, and using all the latest properties and techniques and stuff like that, um, and saying to hell with bad browsers, let's just go on and do the best, you know, use the best things we can. Um, but it's been quite interesting. I haven't really done that over the last couple of years, and then getting back into thinking about stuff. For this workshop in particular and learning all about Flexbox and some other stuff. And you think, Oh wow. Um, you know, and it is it, actually quite st- stimulating creatively because you think, Oh, what could, what use can I put that to? So I'm thinking now about, Oh man, can I use some of that stuff in my new redesign? Which, you know, it'd be quite easy just to fall back on. Oh, I'm just going to float it. Yeah, But now, now I'm thinking, you know, do you know what? It's going to use Flexbox and, you know, if nobody has Flexbox supported, then, you know, they'll get, they'll get a, a straight view, a linear file.
0: They'll, they'll survive, won't they? Yeah. Exactly, uh,
1: Flexbox, you know.
0: Yeah, Flexbox does look, um, does look good. There was, there was a site I saw recently, I, I'm guessing you've seen it, the, you know, the, the kind of classic web design problem solved with Flexbox.
1: Yeah, no, actually, I used um, I linked to a, a few of those things in the workshop that I gave the other day, mm-hmm. and stupid things like uh, SVG. I have never ever used SVG in a live project. Have you? I did
0: it on our new new off road code site, but only for some icons, and uh, that that was it basically. Yeah, but I, I haven't I haven't kind of used it used it extensively, not by any stretch.
1: Well, me neither. I'm using it for icons on the new stuff site. And I'm thinking to myself, why didn't you do this a year ago? <laughs> <laughs> it's so much easier. So maybe before we talk about freelancing, we should, um, we should talk about our sponsor for this week. Nice. It's it's gather content. So gather content helps people who build websites and they work with their clients to plan, organize, and collaborate on web content. So I bet everyone who's made a website for a client or maybe for their company, they're gonna know what I mean when I say that planning and gathering and organizing and collaborating around content is one of the trickiest parts of a project. You know, people email you stuff all the time. Um, they send you content in Word or Excel or even PowerPoint documents. You ever had that?
0: Always. Always. I insist on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's in your contract. You've got to send me Absolutely, things in PowerPoint. Yeah,
0: yeah. All screenshots should be in a word, you know, in a Word document. Things like that.
1: Yeah, you, know, you can't blame people because those are the applications that normal people use every day. But you know what we have to do? We have to then trawl through what's likely gonna be multiple documents and then cut and paste what's useful out of them. And then we have to keep track of everything, you know, people send you the same file twice just in case. Um, and then you have to store them. Uh, we ended up spending more money on Dropbox because, you know, we'd run out of storage because clients were, you know, putting lots of stuff in there, lots of content in there. Yeah. So then there's finding a way to to collaborate over changes in copy because, you know, I often edit a lot of client copy for them because, you know, often it's terrible. Um, but also I'm really picky about the content that goes into a design. So I have to tell them what I've changed and they have to approve it. And that, that can take longer than designing the bloody website. So I think we know that working with content can be a nightmare, but that's where Gather Content comes in. It's a web app that helps you keep all your content in one place. You can collaborate with clients on changes and then get approval when you need it through Gather Content's reminders and due dates. Gather Content breaks content down to help you guide your clients and copywriters through what needs to be written. And then when you're done you can export that approved context straight into a CMS using one of their plugins or the API. So gather content customers include Razorfish, Harvard university, happy cog, their VP of project management, uh, Brett Harned, he said gather content makes it easier to organize and write real content early in our process. And it helps us avoid the headaches that are often caused by late content. So that's good advice. Prices for Gather Content, they start at $49 a month, and that's for up to five active projects. They've set up a special page for listeners to the show. It's gathercontent.com slash unfinished. And even better, if you sign up through that page, you'll get your first month free on top of their 30-day trial period. That's a good offer. That's Gather Content.
0: You can't argue with that, can you? I have seen it. It's a very very good-looking tool.
1: So uh, talking about your off-road code site... Mm. I was having a dig around that the other day. You just, I'm going to add it to my list of designer sites that have just got a contact form for inquiries. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do with the new stuff site, whether to have some, uh, kind of form, more complex form that people fill in with, you know, all the requirements or whether I should just have some kind of downloadable PDF. Um, but you haven 't got either you 've just got like a like a a big text box
0: well we we we've been through the kind of let 's have a big long project intro form that guides you through everything but it most people haven 't got a clue really what what they want and and you know we've seen enough kind of briefs and spec documents in the past that have come from either an agency or you know they've they've seen They've seen enough online to, to kind of write out some ideas and here's some websites that we like the look of and, and all that kind of thing. And, and to be honest, I, a lot of the time I think you're better off just collecting a, a phone number, a kind of declaration of interest, which is they filled in the form to get in touch with you and give them a call. Just speak to them. It, it seems to be, uh, seems to be quicker and easier and then, um, use, use your get content system to to start filling in filling in bits and pieces of of what they're actually looking for because most spec documents that we've had over the last few years the finished products look nothing like the spec document anyway it's 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 often this wish list of of stakeholders and it's the carousel thing you know everyone's everyone's had an input in the website right from the off and actually it's not solving any particular problem whatsoever it's it's just a big collection of things. So I, I reckon, uh, you know, a, a simple form is, is fine as a first first point of contact as long as you follow it up.
1: Well, I was thinking about the inquiries that we've had over the last, I don't know, six months or so. And they range between people just asking, you know, how much for a website. So, that, you know, they'll, they might fill in our contact form. You know, they might put in mm-hmm. a budget or they'll probably just put don't know. Because, you know, typically they don't know, you know. I don't know how much architects cost, but, you know, you find out. So they range from that to people that are obviously contacting various different designers or agencies. And they've got, you know, the two or three-page PDF that they'll attach with an email. (laughs) And, you know, they're not going to sit – I can't imagine people wanting to then sort of take that apart and put it into my – you know, complex form, if I had one, you know, they're not going to kind of sit. And, it... and then you've
0: got a big, you know, you've got a problem there that you, you're going to lose people anyway. So, I mean, just if, if they've, if they get in touch with you and, and just phone them up, if, if they've got a document, say, Hey, send us the document. We'll have a look. Brilliant. And then we'll have a chat. So that's, uh, that's, that's the quick and easy way to do it. I think.
1: Well, I'm kind of leaning towards that road really, because I don't want to put a barrier in front of somebody you know i think that we can be most effective when we actually start talking to people you know usually on the phone Mm. um so you know i don't want them to have to think oh blimey this isn't they want me to fill in 20 questions before you know i can even get to speak to them
0: well yeah and they it's often if they don't know the answer as well it's it's tricky isn't it so you don't want to scare these these poor people off they you know they're 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 coming to you for advice and and guidance and and you're already throwing up a roadblock i think sometimes with with questions but nothing that can't be solved with with a quick phone call really or or an email email or two after after we've got in touch
1: well you've got a phone number on the off-road code site Mm. we obviously have one on the on the stuff site but I can't tell you how many freelancers don't put a bloody phone number on their website drives me nuts. Now I'll see somebody like link to something on Twitter or I'll go there and I think, wow, he looks good. And you know, be nice to kind of, you know, round out our pool of people that we like to work with. And you go there and there's no phone number. Mm. Did you have a phone number when you were freelance on the website?
0: Um, I can't remember to be honest.
1: I'm not sure I did. Probably not. I mean, you know, I'm kind of you know lucky because we've got a couple of lines. It's not like I'm giving out my home number, um, and you know, I'm not putting my mobile number on on the site. But you know, if, even if I was, you know, just go go to O2 and Vodafone and buy the crappiest kind of pay as you go and put that on there.
0: Well, you just need a a line, don't you? You can get a Skype a Skype line for for your business, cheap enough. And um, yeah, I I guess a lot of people like the kind of the 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 sort of distance that email puts between, between you and, and the initial potentially, uh, potentially crazy person that, <laughs> that could call up and, uh, and, uh, give you, give you this, you know, I, I need a WordPress or a WordPress style system building that's better than WordPress and, and I've got 500 quid. But, you know, you, you take your chance, I suppose. Some of those people might phone up, but then someone, someone like you might phone up looking for, looking for some nice work doing with with lots of Flexbox goodness and and interesting clients and all that. But if if there's no phone number, then what can you do?
1: You know, sometimes if I'm concentrating, you know, I might groan when the phone rings. But, you know, how long does it realistically take you to get, you know, if somebody's obviously not, not going to be the right kind of customer for you because, you know, they want a, you know, a WordPress theme for us, we don't do WordPress themes, or, you know, they want Google for 500 quid. Well, you know, realistically, how long does it take to actually get off that call? What, a minute or two?
0: Could just leave it to go to voicemail, of course. If um... no,
1: great idea. I think it goes back to what we're talking about earlier on about kind of confidence in in dealing with things and selling ideas. I get the sort of the feeling that a lot of people they don't like dealing with other people. They're quite happy (laughs) working in code or designing in Photoshop, and they'd rather that the other stuff didn't happen. They'd rather that they didn't have to. You know, sell themselves or talk to clients or sell ideas.
0: I think there's an element of that for sure. Um, I mean, I've I've been through it myself. I mean, I, I used to work before before I became a designer, as it were. I, I mean, I I didn't do design at uni. I, I did an economics degree and I went and worked at O2 for for four years straight out of uni in customer services. So I I was headset dude at the call centre and uh, dealing with with. Assorted angry SME customers phoning up about their mobile accounts back in back in the late 90s, uh, early 2000s, and um, that's probably where my fear of, of answering the phone comes from. It's been conditioned into me that when it rings, it's it's someone phoning up about their phone bill from from 10 years ago, and, and they're really angry. But I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, some some people are quite happy on the phone. Some people spend all day on the phone, I guess, but uh, some people definitely don't don't like it and i can i can sympathize that's for sure do you think uh, that's
1: it do you think that's it do you think it's because people think that somehow there's going to be in a confrontation
0: i don't know that it's confrontation i i think the trouble with with taking a phone call and and we've discovered this when we've we've only recently got a separate phone line in the office for for our um, knives business so before it it used to be a bit of a lottery you know the, the phone would ring is it a web design inquiry is it is it someone phoning up to talk about knife steel? who knows let's answer it and see and it's uh it's double business lottery there but i it, when you're on the phone to someone they, there's no kind of there's no disconnect you it, it it is you're right there and they could ask you literally anything whereas if if there's an email sat in your inbox you can sit there and you can ponder it and you can have a think and if if they're asking whether you can do this and this job you, google it if if you're not sure you know but on the phone it's uh i don't know do do people expect expect to be able to answer every single question that might be able to that that might get thrown at them i'm not sure no
1: no not at all
0: it's all right to say i'm not sure or or i'll get back to you
1: i think it's best to i think it's best to say i don't know yeah um and as long as you do get back to them. I mean, that's the, the worst thing is to say that you're not going to, to say that you're going to get back to them and then don't. Mm. Um, but no, I say, I say I'm clueless about stuff all the time, particularly, you know, I don't do any programming or any, you know, back end stuff, a little bit of perch here and there, but you know, I don't do anything more complicated than that. So a lot of the time I'm going to have to defer to somebody else. So yeah, no, it's fine. I'm just going to have to talk to, I'm going to have to, you know, talk to Dylan, you know, and then I'll come back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I think it's alright, isn't it?
0: Who knows? All all freelancers should have their phone number on the website
1: then. That's probably the
0: best the best way to get more leads.
1: I've never never not done it, you know, we've always just kind of been open house in terms of inquiries. You wrote quite a lot actually about freelancing this last couple of years, even though you weren't doing it, I suppose.
0: Um yeah, not so much this year, I guess. But I, I haven't written an awful lot this year really. I've 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 hit a bit of a lull in uh Hence, I, I guess trying something else with the speaking, it's, it, it's a bit different. But yeah, I, I've written, written a bit in the past, that's for sure.
1: I was reading the thing that you wrote, uh, freelancing and the things I do differently now. It's actually not that old, it's like a year or something. But it was interesting because you, I think you've been down the same path as I did. But, you know, maybe we arrived at different conclusions, but definitely you, you're talking here about subcontracting more. Mm. And that's something that I've, I've turned business away because I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't want to have the responsibility of managing somebody else. Yeah. You know, somebody would say, you know, we want a WordPress-based site, for example, or you know, want e-commerce. We, we've only recently started doing e-commerce business again, because for such a long time, um, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. Which it would have meant putting it out, subcontracting it to somebody, um, and I've got enough to do without managing somebody else. And I just didn't want that kind of responsibility. And now I'm thinking, do you know what? That was that was foolish. You know, I didn't have my business head on then.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you can only make so much money when you're when you're the one. You're the one constantly
1: doing the work, aren't you? Well, that's what they say. I remember we had a business advisor that used to come around, uh years and years ago, and he'd say, you know, you're limiting your income by the amount of hours that you can work in a day, you know, but if you get somebody else, then obviously they're going to be earning while you sleep. That's the general idea, or, you know, you're doubling up. But, I mean, talk about confidence. I think I was very unconfident. In my ability to kind of manage that. It's
0: tricky, isn't it? I mean, it's,
1: it,
0: you're not going to know if you're good at it until you, until you try. I mean, it, we've, we've worked with some good freelancers recently, you know, in, in the last year or so. And it's, it's been nice being able to just take on a project and just know that it's going to get dealt with. And I, I'm quite a big fan of kind of small, uh, I'd call it senior teams, but I guess it, it, it's, experienced teams you know guys guys that you eventually can can find these people where you know you, you just know if you send them a brief they're happy to speak to the client you can you can almost just leave them to manage manage the work themselves anyway and and get the job done but it's i guess until you've actually found that person it's it's pretty scary pretty scary um trying to trying to let stuff go i i was the same i never used to I only ever took on the work that I knew I could do myself. And, you know, it, it was good. Work, work was fine and, and I was, I was getting, getting plenty done and everything. But yeah, I, I suppose if I was going to do it differently, I'd, I'd give that a go now and, and probably team up with someone would be more, more accurate rather than subcontract stuff. I, I would be able to take on bigger projects with you know a developer or or something like that rather than just sub stuff out it would be almost like forming little little teams and and little companies as as you go depending on what you need it's it's a lot easier these days like i said earlier i i when i was freelancing i wasn't really on twitter so i didn't have access to this wonderful pool of of people in my timeline and and retweets for for work requests and stuff like that so it was was a different world a few years ago scarily But um much easier now to to kind of see who's who and and get in touch with this massive range of of people that can help you out
1: well i'm just trying to think actually because having um having sue our designer working with us over you know this last year it's made me think much more about kind of just being a little bit more open in terms of you know. You know, sociable, I suppose. Um, but also kind of, you know, working with other people. And actually, yeah, you're right. Everybody that, that I would now consider one of our kind of close confidants. Um, you know, Dan Davis or Dylan Jones or Stephen Grant up in Glasgow, you know, we, we do, you know, work together. And I know that I can trust any one of those guys. Um, and I can just give them something and they don't ask a million questions. They'll just get on and do it. Um, and I found every single one of those through kind of casual conversations on Twitter.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And it, it that's, that's kind of finding the right people to work with. It, it makes it easy to, easy to take stuff on knowing that, well, you know, Dan, Dan does this and that. And, and you do this, this other part of the project and you think suddenly, yeah, it's, it's. It's entirely feasible for us to take on this project that I couldn't do myself, and I'd be scared searching for a random person who could handle this WordPress job, doing this and that. You know, it's, you, you just build a, a team and a network that you can uh, that you can trust and call on any time. It makes it a lot easier.
1: I'm trying to think how the hell I would have done it before Twitter. What would I have looked in Yellow Pages? I don't know. <laughs> How did we survive before? This? I have no idea. No idea. Let's talk about knives for a minute. Okay. Because one of the crazy things that you seem to do, and I have no idea why, so maybe you can tell me why, is you sell knives online. But you know, we're not talking about kind of samurai-style aggressive knives. It's like chef's knives, yeah?
0: Yeah, chef Yeah, chef knives. Real um, kind of handmade Handmade Kill Bill, Kill Bill level, uh, level chef knives. I mean, some, some of them go up to kind of 300, 350 quid for a, for a knife. And, um, that's been a real, it's, it's nearly three years now that we've been doing that.
1: What um, made you get into cutting edge knives?
0: It was my business partner, Pete, just came in one morning and, um, guys were going to sell knives and he's, he's one of these people that, he churns an idea over in his head for a week, and then he'll come in and, and blurt out the punchline to it without any kind of preamble. And um, so he, you know, we, and, and then he'll sit down and tell you the, the kind of thought process. And we'd we'd basically had a run of client work where things hadn't gone entirely to to plan. You know, we we were getting kind of bad features going live and, and stuff like that because of of stakeholder pressure and. And there are, there are just some jobs that you can't, you can't avoid. The MD of a company is going to have his, his pet feature go live, whether you like it or not. And and you've got to compromise a little bit from time to time. And, um and we, we were, we were doing all the things that you're supposed to do. You know, it's, well, we can test this and this is the accepted way to do that. And this will bring you great results. Here's some proof and so on. And they, you know, they just, Sometimes clients just don't listen and and they want, they want that pet feature. They want that, that buy it now button to be massive and red because it'll stand out more and and so on and so on. And, um, and we just thought, you know what? The best way to actually kind of prove ourselves really is, is to have this, this living case study almost. And, um, knives happened to be a, a product that Pete had, had arrived at that was, it, it was interesting, that's for sure. It's, it's certainly something different, but it, they ticked a few boxes. The actual idea behind the the company is is as much to set up a business in a box as it is to sell kitchen knives. So, in theory, we can kind of take everything we've learned about selling kitchen knives and apply that to I don't know, you know, engine sprockets. The product itself is is almost irrelevant in in terms of how we've how we've kind of gone about it all, and we thought well, we can we can certainly design and build a website, and, and we did that in about two and a bit three weeks altogether. Put put the website together, and it's it's all nice and Bracco and Bracco stuff, and, and we built the e-commerce side of it. But it, it's also taught us quite a lot about actually running running a business and, and dealing with customers, and 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 that side of it that's, that's been fascinating. And, um, so we've, we've got a couple of other businesses that we're, that we're pondering doing the same with really. And we're, we're enjoying that as much as, as making websites at the moment. It's, it's, it's good fun, really good fun.
1: I know Sarah Parmenta, she's, uh, she set up a a blow dry bar and it's something, you know, very different from what she would normally do but I think one of the things that fascinates me and it's going to give her a lot to talk about I'm sure with you know conference talks and stuff is she's been able to kind of take the stuff that she's learnt over the years from the web and then put them into practice on her own projects you know see what works see what doesn't work and then that's going to give her you know it's going to roll back into the web stuff I I think that's fascinating
0: it it has done with us I mean obviously it's it's led to me doing a couple of talks about the knife business and it's it's nice to have something uh, completely random, almost, to to talk about, and it it it's got it's it's tie in with the web stuff and the design stuff that we do because it's it is a website after all, but it is also a business, and it, it's a business that we've invested our own our own money into, and and it does make us it does make us money at the end of the month, you know. So that's that that's nice. At least we're doing it right, you know. But we've We've kind of iterated and, and tweaked bits here and there over the last few years, and um, I, a lot of the gains that we've had actually have been in kind of making the business side of it more efficient. You know, you, you get a lot of clients. We've had clients in the past who've come to us and said, "You know, I, I need to redesign my website," and they've been focused on the on the look and feel of the website. But we we had a client a couple of years ago who. He ended up not, not wanting to work with us because we didn't want to redesign his website. And um, it turned out he was spending about two and a bit days a week manually processing orders from his from his e-commerce store because it didn't have the ability to do some sort of bulk ordering thing. And he um, didn't have much budget. And we said, you know, you'd be better off spending your budget in this phase at least. We can save you two and a half days a week to do other stuff by writing you a, a script that'll will do all these bits for you and, you know, take take the days off if you want or or do something different with it. And he, he just wasn't interested, he just wanted a redesign of his website and it, it kinda makes me sad. <laughs> and um we've we've sort of proved to ourselves and and through our, our blogs and, and talks and stuff that actually quite a lot of, of e commerce sites you, you, get some pretty big results when you, when you make the, the actual sort of process of running the business smoother and, and quicker and build tools that, that do all these different jobs and so on and so on. And, uh, been a very nice experiment. Thank you.
1: I really respect you for doing that because there's been so many times when I've thought to myself, um, I mean, not to go off and, you know, do something completely different. You know, I'm not going to sell boiled sweets, but, Although I've got a thing, I think
0: I'm a sweet expert.
1: I've got a bit of a thing for licorice again. There
0: you go.
1: There's been lots of times when I have thought to myself, do you know what? I could spend four weeks writing a short book, or why don't I take one of my workshops and actually do the video and sell the videos and set up a store to, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I've had these ideas, and sometimes I've even set aside time for it, like these two weeks where you know, this this week and next week we have basically redesigning the stuff sites. And I've done that several times where I've thought to myself, right, you know, next November, I'm going to do this particular project. And then client work comes around and it kind of encroaches it. I mean, it's encroached a little bit on what we're doing this week. Um, but I don't know where, which part of my brain it is, but that kind of hungry freelancer syndrome kicks in. And, you know, client work takes precedent over, you know, me investing my time in something for ourselves, um, and there's been so many opportunities where that I've kind of let go. Um, and yeah, you know, it's quite galling when you see somebody else do something similar and you think, ah, oh, blimey, I was going to do that.
0: It's it's that classic. Yeah. If, if,
1: if only I had enough time. Exactly. And I've only got myself to, I've only got myself to blame for things like that. So hopefully that's what having a designer here, you know, somebody to work with is going to allow me, um, you know, more time to do that kind of stuff. I mean, I said that at the beginning of the year, and it's now what November? <laughs> That's still done bugger all. Oh dear. We ought to wrap this up. If there are any links that we mentioned in this show, you can find those. They will be at unfinished.bz/slash forty five because this is episode forty five. Can you believe that? Wow. Where can people find you, James?
0: Uh, I'm Welcome Brand pretty much anywhere, so it's it's welcomebrand.co.uk is my portfolio and and occasionally updated blog these days and say hello to me on twitter and welcome brand there as well
1: and you can ask questions or suggest topics uh, by messaging the show on twitter at unfinished bz or you can email me he has at unfinished dot bz thanks again to our sponsor this week gather content support the show by supporting them thanks mate